911, what's the nature of your emergency? Welcome back to the Tactical Living Podcast. I'm your host, Ashley Walton. In today's episode, I thought we could talk a little bit about why we put the blame on others. So just sit back, relax, and enjoy today's content. Now, this episode is coming up for me, and I have a story to share with you. Many of you have known that I worked in a pediatric practice for 14 years, and I'm going to share a story with you that is just such a prime example of what we're going to get into in today's episode. Now, getting to the office, it was always like early 5, 4.30 in the morning, and with that comes incredibly dark, dark lighting. And in this particular office, the, the area where the employee parking is located, it's also adjacent to this entire section of uh, track homes that are Section 8 homes. There's also an alleyway that leads down to a, a gas station, a liquor store. And there's a lot of people. It's There's just like, it's a smut area. It's called Victorville, California. You can look it up. And it's it's just pretty much where all the trash from Los Angeles has decided to move up and they move up to Victorville, California. So essentially it is a terrible place to live. It is a terrible place to conduct business. And it is most certainly not somewhere where I would personally invest any form of money. Now, getting to this office so early in the morning, we do have daylight savings time. And the lights on the building, as well as the lights that are located on the street, they they always go off at the wrong time whenever daylight savings times happen. So I would always tell the doctor's husband that he needed to adjust the lighting because every morning when I would get there, it would just be super, super dark outside. And talking to him, it was like talking to a rock. In fact, I would get more gratification speaking to a rock than I would asking him to do things because I would have to repeat myself so many times and eventually something would happen and then that would finally lead them to to do something and act like they were never asked to do it in the first place. Now, if this was something I could have done myself, I most certainly would have. So on this particular morning, I get to the office and I've really learned in these past several years to tune into my intuition and to tune into the things that I feel and I'm experiencing and to notice that as my higher power sending me a message. And on this particular morning after I had backed in my car, something didn't feel right instantly. And this was a Monday morning after a holiday weekend. And I remember parking my car And after getting that feeling, deciding to roll down my window and to just listen for a second in the dark, mind you, pitch dark, except for the lights on my car. And when I did that, I could hear something inside of a a locked gate that I, I need to unlock in order to be able to access the door that I need to unlock to get into the building. And... To make sure that I wasn't hearing <clears throat> like the water from the sprinklers or the drip system or anything like that, I decided to shut my car off. And when I did that, it was an unmistakable, I know that there's a human being who is using some kind of chain or tools because I can hear the metal rattling. And so I decided to start my car again. But as soon as I decided to start my car again, that gate swings open and there's a man with a hoodie holding a duffel bag and, and a giant red bag just staring right at me. So I started my car and I started to leave. And I wasn't sure what this man was up to. The most important thing that came to mind is what if he gained access to the building and he decided to to still 
medications or vaccine. That was really the first thing that that came up for me. And typically you would think this was a theft when you saw the appearance of what this man looked like. So I drive away and I call Clint and I ask him and he tells me to call the deputies out. So I did. And I drive around to another building that's adjacent to to that particular building. And as I do, I can see the man coming towards me. And so I was informed by dispatch to call the deputies back before they had arrived or had they not arrived yet if I saw the man again. So I did. And within about one minute, a deputy shows up. He ends up detaining the man. Clint shows up. Clint does a perimeter check and they come inside, make sure that nothing was tampered with. And it appears that the man was probably he was completely a crackhead. And it, it appears that he was maybe trying to get into some of the wires or or steal something like that, but he had no personal property on him. So he was detained and later driven very, very far away from me and dropped off by that very nice deputy. And it was my responsibility as the manager for that office to share this story with the provider. And as I'm sharing the story and I'm reminding her that this probably wouldn't have happened if all of the lights had been turned on, it was incredibly dark in back of that gate. And on top of that, there's a little post. Maybe you've seen it on metal gates where you can take the little the little post and kind of stick it out so that the gate can't close. This particular gate had that post wide open, which means that the gate never closed. So the gate never locked. So that man just walked right in. And it's usually the doctor who's the one to take that little post and make it stick out. The, the staff never, ever did that. And so I'm explaining this story and reminding her that I've been asking her husband and reminding her to please turn on the lights in the back. And instantly, she decides to pass the buck. <laughs> she says it's not his responsibility and that he doesn't do that. It's the management company. So I retort and I'm sort of laughing with her because it's such a joke to me because for the past, at that time, like 14 years, I had been, I had been pleading with her husband almost on a weekly, if not daily basis, to please make sure to turn on the lights. It was always something that he did. And the only reason it never got done was because it was his responsibility to do it and he just didn't give a shit. So what she was doing in that instance was she was taking the blame on the lights not being on and that increasing what could have been a hostile situation, increasing the the unsafeness of this particular area where I have to park and walk in every morning and saying it wasn't his fault that they had nothing to do with it. And instead we should be blaming the management company. Now there's a very fine art of making others feel responsible for all of the difficult things that happened to us. And being that she was the business owner, this was certainly her responsibility. And I read an article from the Harley therapy counseling blog, and it says that psychology talks about the self-serving bias with researchers that are discovering that many of us will take the credit for ourselves if things go good in life, but we lay the blame on circumstance when things go wrong. And this is most certainly the truth with regard to this particular individual, this doctor. So why do we blame other people? Well, blaming is super easy, right? It's easy for us to say, no, you did it instead, or it's someone else's fault versus taking on the responsibility and actualizing that we, act, we might have to admit that we were wrong. And when you blame somebody else, it means that you don't have to be vulnerable. And of course, when we say that we were wrong and we admit to our mistakes, it does make us super vulnerable. But I think the number one thing is that when we blame others, it actually helps to feed 
your need to feel like you're in control. And I've seen this with a lot of narcissistic personality types. This particular provider is most certainly in that category, 100%. And when I learned that having the ability to blame others actually feeds our need for control, it made perfect sense why somebody like her would take the responsibility and pass it on to somebody else as though she took no ownership of it at all. But what that does in turn is it actually makes us lose an incredible amount of respect for that particular person. We all know that pain shared is pain divided. And when you have somebody in your circle who isn't willing to take on some of that pain, right? Imagine if that situation had gone way worse than it had. Somebody like that is going to run and avoid the situation, the truths, and they're going to point the blame at maybe me, maybe pointing the blame at the deputies for not getting there sooner, maybe pointing, you know, blaming it on any and everybody that they can because they want to have control over the story. And as the other person, as the person sitting in my seat, I think it's so important for us to be able to recognize when we're surrounded by people who are like this. And it's one thing for us to kind of playfully say when something isn't our fault and blame it on somebody else and kind of poke fun and have a good time with it. But when it comes to something serious, And we notice that there are people within our circle that are constantly just pushing the blame towards you, which is most likely what will happen, or in this situation, push it towards somebody else. That should set a red alert alert off in our minds. Because all that blaming is doing is actually protecting our ego. And when you have somebody with such a big ego like that, I know how difficult it is for us to be able to talk about these things, because the last thing that they want to do is to have a rational conversation about it. And instead, they're probably going to be argumentative. And if that's the case, no matter how difficult it might be, no matter what the relationship dynamics might be between the two of you, it's probably time to part ways. I know that particular individual is not somebody that I want in my life. That particular individual or anybody who acts like that particular individual within my sphere of influence, in my circle, in my tribe, they don't belong because they don't align with me. They don't align with us. And I know it's probably the same for you. You have somebody in your life who is constantly bringing you down. You have somebody in your life who you know is always passing the blame, who's belittling you, maybe making you feel bad, and who ultimately dangles their ego in front of your face far too often. And I encourage you, I encourage you to assess this relationship and to weigh the pros and cons and to maybe realize whether or not you do or do not, in fact, need this person in your life at all and what you could do to start to part ways. And know that I am sending you a long, tight hug from my home to yours.